is the Unintelligent Chat Show. A place for chuckles and a podcast for the curious. Here, Rob and Lloyd attempt to teach you something new every week and invariably fall short. Over to you, gentlemen. That was a good that was a good crunch. Are you are we are we ready? I I'm born ready, Lloyd. Born ready. Well, <laughs> welcome, welcome to ASMR. Rob eating prawn crackers. <laughs> this is Rob eating prawn crackers. <laughs> Shut up! Hi, lad. How are you? <laughs> hey, Rob. I'm good. I just had the munchies uh, at the time, so there's nothing I could do. That's fair. Look, it hits us, and we we just are at the whims of our bellies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're not drinking anything I imagine we're in the same place as we usually are How far is it, Lloyd? Yeah, uh, between us, Rob There would be, if we lined them up 93,475,000 zeros <laughs> How many? 94 million Yeah, if you round round down to 93 million 93.5 million 93.5 million uh, That's a lot of zeros So why, why, what are you learning? What's that, what's that tentative uh link hugely tentative all right this week lloyd i learned wow at first i was wondering if you had learnt some of the language <laughs> but you Can went you on for way too long to have memorized that much of it because i tried to learn hello oh, and i couldn't you? figure it out yeah <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, I'm glad I managed to pull that off. Uh, yeah. it's, I mean, did you get anything from that, apart from the fact that no. you already knew what I learned this week? <laughs> oh, no, no, I, was trying, I just gave away I, the whole format, Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> so you laid a fourth wall. Uh, I, was, I was trying to decide. I, I imagine you tried to whistle a sentence just by like, the <laughs> you way me. you say words. Pretty but much. I, didn't, That's what I couldn't glean anything from it. All right. <laughs> For 2,000 years, the farmers of Antia, which is a hamlet on the Greek island of Evia, have used a complex, mysterious, long-distance language called Sphyria, spelt S-F-Y-R-I-A. Uh, the language allows entire conversations to be whistled, hence my shocking performance just previously. Uh, and there are allegedly only six people who know this language that remain today. Which is wild. That's so cool. Did any of that, when I spoke it in English, sound like my whistles? Uh, I, I don't remember, but I would like to listen to it back. Fuck see you, Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. It's amazing. I heard that loud and clear. <laughs> um, so, uh, I found this incredibly interesting. So, basically, a very long time ago, they transcribed their local Greek dialect, like, you know, the normal Greek language of the area, into whistles. And the whistles obviously are louder and higher pitched, so higher frequency, which means they can be heard across much longer distances. Uh, mm. And then it just turned, they just, it's just developed, obviously, first as a way to communicate across, because I think Antia is, or the island of Evia at least, is a very like hilly and kind of mountainous area. So you're like herding livestock across these like big, open spaces and obviously there's lots of hills in the way so they kind of used it to communicate across there but it 
developed into a general form of communication. And so interesting. There are some really cool videos on YouTube of this, like a little BBC segment when they went and it's so interviewed cool. people there. I assume you watch these as well. Yeah. Of people doing this language. And like, yeah, they have, they have whole conversations with, with whistles. It's a whole language, which is crazy. But originally it's really, it started as... It's beautiful as well. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Originally it started as like a whistled transcription of the actual Greek words, which is what I was attempting. Whistle transcription of my Australian accented English language. Uh, but obviously I'm not developed enough for it to have come across. No. Or I just don't have a trained enough ear. Maybe the, the people right. of Antia would understand you. Indeed. So I thought the original fact itself was probably a bit exaggerated i was like only six people knew it come on it's a whole village but it turns out from this bbc article that was published in 2017 that the tiny villages so antia the tiny village population is reduced from 250 people to 37 and that was in 2017 mm. uh, and the majority of the people remaining are like elderly people a lot of the young people moved away moved to bigger cities um, and as you get older, it gets harder to whistle at the correct frequencies to properly communicate the language. So oh. like six to 10 people able to speak the language is actually accurate, which is wild. Yeah, that's crazy. Unbelievable. So it makes it one of the most critically endangered languages of any type in the world, according to UNESCO, not just according to Robin Lloyd, according to UNESCO. I don't know what that it's stands source. for, but it's a real thing. The United Nations... Established super communications, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Got it? <laughs> um, so apparently they've had researchers from Harvard and Yale come and record uh, the people that can speak this language for the future. You know, I assume in, in case of the eventuality that, that people don't learn it and it is lost forever. Because uh, unless anyone in the surrounding area learns it, it will likely just fade into history as the population's yeah, aging residents pass on. Hopefully they can record it and well, transcribe they have. it. They've recorded it. I don't know if it's but something like that you... translated. I assume they've done that. Smart people from yeah. those places. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. dying language, sadness. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's what I learned this week. And whew, it was a cool one. Very cool. Great. End of the podcast. You have... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I mean, off the back of that, I, sure, I, sh I, have, I have some things. Turns I have. Uh, now nah, I'm going. Okay. And then Sorry. you can go. I mean, it's, it's more things on whistling. So, turns out there are a bunch of whistled languages. I thought, I was like, wow, that's super unique. I've never heard of this before. I thought maybe it was the only one. But there are around 70 different whistled languages that exist. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I uh, guess that speaks to the effectiveness of it as communicating. That yeah. So many people have independently started using it. It's wild. So... A bunch of them. So some of the other ones are from places like Papua New Guinea, Mexico, uh, in the Amazon, in the Pyrenees as well, in Europe. And uh, it seems that all these are kind of developed in places where there are they're like rugged, mountainous areas where the population are doing agriculture and livestock rearing across large areas. So they've all kind of come up from the same kind of area, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and there's the most the most developed and most widely spoken is a language called Silbo Gomero, which is the listen the little the whistled language of La Gomera in the Canary Islands off of Spain, which is hmm. spoken by more than twenty two thousand people. 
Wow. Which is really cool. And they've, they've recognized that, you know, this is one of those things that as the world develops and globalization, etc., could die off. So it's now mandated that that language is taught in schools uh, on La Gomera, which is really cool. That is cool. Yeah, super cool. And I guess... Oh, sorry, I just smacked the shit out of my mouth. Punched it. I heard it. I guess that this language compared to Sphyria uh, would be like Spanish to Greek, right? That you wouldn't be able to understand. Yeah, I assume so, because I think they're all kind of that whistled version of an actual phonetic language. So, yeah, yeah. it would be like they would speak Spanish and then they developed a whistled version of their Spanish for their, you know, terrain and whatever they were doing, whereas it would be, you know, whistled Greek in that other place. So they wouldn't, they're distinct languages. Uh, what did you do with your whistles, Lloyd? I had um, something on Sphyria itself. Did you see when it was discovered outside of the village? Uh, no, I did not. It wasn't until 1969. That other people uh, knew about it. Yeah, and I, I have some hesitancy because I, I imagine that there were people in Greece who knew of them and knew of like people obviously have to leave and trade and stuff so i imagine that they knew of them yeah but in terms of the wider world a private plane crashed on mount oki which is near uh antia and the residents of this village that used Phyria aided the rescuers searching for the missing pilot by venturing into the forests and the mountains and actually using their language to communicate with each other during the search and rescue and it was the first time that outsiders had ever heard Sphyria. that's crazy because i just looked it up and antia like on google maps you can see athens yeah so that's what i think probably people in greece like knew of it, it i can't imagine they were completely it was you can, completely unknown. You can drive there in a couple of hours from Athens. Yeah. That's so I imagine the village is just is so small and yeah, it's probably always it's been so quite small, small that Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, um that is cool. I, I also have a few cool um non vocal or non verbal languages. Non verbal languages. So like uh languages that uh don't necessarily use words like english spanish or whatever they t- they specifically don't use the word english or spanish <laughs> <laughs> uh the, the first one i looked up was just sign language and mm-hmm. i was super surprised that sign language as a language wasn't developed until the 17th century and yeah okay part of that was because um aristotle made the claim that you couldn't teach deaf people Oh, so because he? they were unable to hear, they were unable to learn. Uh-huh. So for the following 2,000 years, deaf people were treated as second-class citizens. There were often laws that said they couldn't marry because people feared that it was hereditary, it would be passed down. Wow. They couldn't get certain jobs. Uh, and it wasn't until the 17th century when science became a little more um, mainstream and investigating. <laughs> mainstream uh, science. I couldn't think of the word, but they started looking into <laughs> yeah. it a little more scientifically. Yeah. That they realized that obviously deaf people can learn just as well and can adapt, and by learning sign language, they can uh, communicate just as easily. Yeah, I think that there are different kinds of sign, like there are different sign languages. So, like, yeah, the common- ASL is like I think is American sign language. I think is the most common. It's like English. Yeah, ASL in Australia. There's Auslan, which I think is based on ASL. Mm-hmm. which is very cool i love i absolutely love uh the i guess it's probably grown quite a lot recently 
how often you see Auslan or ASL interpreters, not interpreters, are they called interpreters? Is that right? You know, people... Translators? Translators, yeah, yeah, for speeches and like any manner of thing you see on TV or at events, there's more often now than there used to be, for sure, someone doing a sign language interpretation, which is cool. I've seen um, sign language uh, translators at an Eminem concert. Yeah. And it's oh, so good. So good. And there's like some at, I've seen some at like, or clips of some at like heavy metal concerts and stuff as well. Oh, it's so and sick. I love how, how like into it they get as well. They're not just like signing, sitting there bored. They're also like obviously yeah. digging the music. Like, yeah. So cool. I would love to be able to speak some. I can do like basic alphabet style sign language, but not oh, like cool. words and stuff. I, I don't know where I learned it when I was a kid. You remember Mr. Levitsky? Oh. Pat Wesley? I don't know if you ever had his class. He was like my, my tutor. Vaguely, yeah, I think so. Um, his wife was deaf, and when he left Wesley, he went to teach at a deaf school, so he used to teach us things every now and yeah, again. Yeah, nice. It's so cool. It'd be great to be able yeah. to speak it. Some other cool languages was, it's called POW tapping. Oh. It's how... Um, prisoners used to communicate in war oh and it's pretty cool have you ever heard of a polybius square i have not it's a five by five grid that represents the letters of the greek alphabet mm-hmm. um so they would tap the first tap would be the column and then the second there'd be a pause and the second tap would be the row oh, and yeah. if they've memorized this five by five square they can see the letters and then yeah. they can talk to each other which is pretty cool nice. and then they had shortenings like gn was good night uh gby was god bless you yeah and they used to communicate about um what the interrogation was like what to expect they used to share jokes and make fun of the the um officers that imprisoned them at, yeah yes yeah. uh, awesome that's very, very cool. important to them yeah definitely yeah. i have one more but do you want to do you want to hit me with some of your nope. tangents um <laughs> there, there, there was a couple languages that were like sort of like the the caution south african language oh that's pretty much where i was gonna go yeah I, I went um, with other super interesting languages, but they're spoken ones, so I wanted to hear yeah. the non-spoken ones first. Yeah, well, I'll leave, I'll leave caution to you. I just love, um, if you if you listeners and you, Rob, can go on YouTube and look up Trevor Noah speaking caution, it's really cool. There's also a language called the per, Perha or per, Perha language, which is one of the world's simplest languages, has eight consonants and three vowels. Um, is it from Brazil? I think it might be an Amazonian language, yeah. Do you have it? Yep. Sound I'll let bitch. you cover that one as well. Uh, <laughs> no, but the last fine. one I have is not talking at all. It's um, Nigerian drum talking. What? Um, and I'll send you, I have a link, because there's a few videos yeah. um, of people like performing it and they're a bit shit. But I found one really good one by, this guy is a master apparently. So I'll send you the link and we'll whack it on the Twitter sphere as well. But nice. they used to use it um, to communicate over longer distances to avoid slavers because they couldn't understand the language, so they could be like. And is it's actual drumming? It. It's doing stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a drum under his arm with like a little um, like bone or stick, that, and it, it's really cool. That's awesome. That's kind of like the whistling, long distance speaking, but with not mouths. Yeah. yeah, and it was just as a way to communicate without being heard. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. very nice uh, well like I said I looked up other super interesting languages and one of them is obviously is it is it Kosa Chosa how do you say it 
I'm gonna I, butcher I said it. caution, but yeah, I, I, I think I'm that's probably right. saying it wrong. So it's a it's a a number of well, different. I, actually, I think it's pronounced with a click, but <laughs> yeah, it's really right. hard to damn do. it. <laughs> we are not talented enough. No, caution. Yeah. Uh, it's a number of languages uh, spoken by numerous numerous forms by numerous people in southern Africa. And I'm going to speak generally here because I read a number of different sources and obviously did not dig much deeper than those original sources to the true facts. So <laughs> gen- not like you. Gen- I know, very unusual. I was busy, very busy. Uh, so generally, this group of languages uses clicks as consonants, which give it a super unique sound, like you said. Um, and Trevor Noah, had- there's some great videos of Trevor Noah doing it on various shows. Um, depending on the exact language and region, the number of clicks can vary from two or three throughout the whole language up to something ridiculous like 50 or 100 different clicks. Not like clicks in word, like different click sounds. Whoa. Different unique click sounds that make their way into words and language. And so hard to... How do you even do that? Yeah, I'd heard... When I... The little research I did on it was that there were three main clicks. I think and I that's sort of wrap my of head the, around that's that. That's off one of the bigger languages, but there are a number of different kinds of it. Yeah. 50 is insane. How would you differentiate between those sounds? By being better than us. Yeah, yeah. Not difficult. <laughs> Most people no, can actually speak really it. <laughs> yeah. It's more widely spoken than English. We just don't know it. <laughs> we just... Uh... Uh, the other one you mentioned, I had written as Piraha, spoken by a group of people in Brazil. Um, and I yeah, highlighted right. it. I spelt it wrong. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> the language is simple, but I fucked it up. It's only got four <laughs> words, and I fucked up the main one. I spelt them all wrong. <laughs> but like you said, it's a pretty simple language. It's got like 10 to 12 sounds. But I, I wrote it down because it doesn't have specific words for colors or numbers like yeah. other main languages so i was like how do you how many apples do you want couple i guess <laughs> yeah uh, so apparently they have words for shades of like light and dark and for quantities like many and few but not specific mm. numbers which is crazy like a whole that is like mind-boggling to us when we're so used to specifying things like that well, it kind of um, changed linguistic science because scientists used to think that, not linguistic science, but like the way we think, scientists used to think that counting was innately human and it was just how our brains worked. And yeah. we had to have it in order to understand the world. Mm. They were wrong. That's so so cool. That Really know, cool. Like our globe at the moment seems very small, but there are so many ridiculous crazy languages out there so many things that have developed in so many different areas well it's getting a little deep i don't like this let's (laughs) bring it back uh another one i found is rotakas which is one of 830 languages in papua new guinea 830 lloyd in one small country it's not a big country is that the most uh well it's interesting i don't know how you would define that because australia has so many different uh, indigenous regions that all have mm-hmm. a different dialect. So I actually don't know how many. I should have looked that up. How many Australian indigenous languages there are? Yeah, or dialects. I don't know. It's probably some science. Is it a language or a dialect? Does that count? Who knows? Someone else can look up a different podcast yeah. if that's what you want to know. That's not my job. Yeah, idiots. 
Uh, but this Rotakis is, we said Piraha was pretty simple. This one is, I think, the simplest language recorded. It has 12 letters in the alphabet, and it has 12 phonemes. Oh, you, do, you don't know what a phoneme is, Lloyd? <laughs> no, that pause was my confused frown. You peasant. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. You don't know everything. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know either. I had to look it up. So, basically, a phoneme is uh, the sounds in the language. So, for example, in English... We have a 26-letter alphabet, but we have 44 phonemes, which is the combinations of letters that make different sounds. So, like, each letter has its own sound, like a, b, k, etc. But, like, th makes a th, so we have more sounds than we have letters. Uh, I see, like, Whereas, like ch and stuff. Yeah, so this language yeah, has yeah, yeah. 12 letters and 12 phonemes, and it's the simplest language. But, some like, people still communicate. Like, it doesn't bother people that... That's like, if that's what you know, it works. Yeah. Crazy. I heard uh, the Paraha language that it's so simple, they can communicate just by humming their sentences. Who did you hear that from? It was on YouTube. <laughs> so, and there was like a video a, of, of a, a woman humming A friend of yours at the bar was son. like, oh, you know Paraha? Yeah, they can communicate by humming. Oh, cool. It's uh, campgreyhound.ca, I think. <laughs> oh, wow. What a source. Um, yeah, there was a video of a woman humming to her son on that sentence and you can like sort of the same way that you whistled that sentence yeah, you can yeah, hear badly. that she's like saying something but yeah very yeah. cool very cool did you do anything else I, that's all i had after that i was like still trying to be original with my um shoot off facts so i looked up tiny villages because the whistling is from antia which is a hamlet which is a tiny village i like the way your brain works rob <laughs> poorly <laughs> <laughs> So, apparently, in the UK, uh, a hamlet is an official, has an official definition. It is a small village without a church. Oh, so you interesting. So, you can only be called a village if you have a church. Wow. So, hamlets, hamlets can get Satan villages, I suppose. Yeah, they're the evil villages. It's <laughs> uh, funny because I picture hamlet as quite a nice place to be. Yeah, it's cute, right? Shame. Except for all the demons. <laughs> uh, so I looked up the world's smallest village. Uh, there is a teeny tiny medieval town in Croatia called Hum. Oh, that's cute. Uh, it is. And if you look it up, it's Rolador. Just Google image Hum, Croatia. Is there a, other than a church, is there a list of requirements to be a hamlet? Or can I just put a house in the middle of nowhere and call myself a hamlet? Great question. Hum is adorable. Yeah, real cool, right? Population fluctuates, but somewhere between like 20 and 30 people live there. But it is very idyllic looking. It's like nestled in like a hilly green forest with some real beautiful medieval buildings, super quaint, like a little square place that people live. Like, I'd love to go there and visit it, but damn, that'd be a boring place to live. Sounds good to me. Oh, do they have Wi-Fi? I can see some some wires. Some I can see some Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Lloyd. <laughs> I said wires. All right. All right, Rob. What's what, what's happening next? It's the intro to "Don't Get Me Started." Terrible, but in such a good way. I think <laughs> it's our worst segment intro. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Rob, what really gets you started? <laughs> 
You know what really gets me started, Lloyd? Poorly written podcast segment intros. Oh, oh God. God. Really it just grinds. Like gets me just, going. Oh, don't even. even oh, don't get me don't started, Don't even Lloyd. get me started. Don't even. Don't even. Don't. don't. That's right. It is time to get Lloyd started. How are you? How are you feeling in general, Lloyd? What's I need to gauge your mood before before trying to get you started. I am in a very good mood for now. Be happy, yeah. <laughs> Just so you, you wait. Bring me down, knock me down a peg or two. Number one, Lloyd. I'm coming out swinging with a big one. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Relatively recently, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, which kicked off a whole bunch of states amending their laws on abortion to some very backward positions. How does that make you feel? That obviously infuriates me and makes me sad, angry, upset. And yes, you got me started. I was going to say, would you say that it gets you started? Yes. (laughs) Success. (laughs) All right. End of the podcast. That that was pretty low-hanging fruit. Oh, super low-hanging fruit. So I'm going to (laughs) carry on with options two and three. We'll give that like a, we'll call it a pass, but we'll say it's it's a cheap pass. Uh, and as you can tell, the unintelligent chat show does not support the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Uh, all right, number two, Lloyd. Zoom meetings or whatever mm. uh, format your company uses, especially with multiple people. And there are those people on the meetings that are just so like blissfully unaware of the mute button. And they've oh. got, I don't know, they must be like, doing this meeting out of some industrial factory trash <laughs> in the background and you, and they just don't turn off their mute yep yep i'm sufficiently riled oh god it annoys me what and you- it's without naming names it is a certain demographic of people that do this <laughs> dog owners it's, it's boomers i'm sorry y'all don't mute yourselves you you answer phone calls in the middle of meetings oh, you rustle papers so bad just mute. stop using paper by the way why are you printing everything <laughs> everything's electronic now you don't need it i'm getting i'm getting sidetracked riled <laughs> perfect uh yeah you're uh you're two for two i'm feeling great and number three you're is, already beating me number three is a doozy Ooh, okay all right you ready i'm pretty riled yeah, yeah and it's delivered in story format so Prepare Ooh. for the tension to build. Oh, God. All right. I want to get you in the mood. All right. You've driven to the shops or the, or the mall if you don't have mall. shops. Yeah. Or yeah. some other place that you're going that has a big old car park, right? Mm-hmm. It's pretty busy. When you get there, you're like, ah, shit, it's pretty busy. Yeah. You're cruising around, just like being just like mildly frustrated looking for a spot because if you don't get there and there's not a spot immediately ready for you you get a bit frustrated my my wife will attest i get thoroughly frustrated if there's not a spot immediately don't ever come with me to carousel in wa (laughs) anyway you've resigned yourself to the fact that it's not going to be the most convenient parking spot you're going to find today but it won't be right next to the entrance but you're going to get one and then and then you see it just over there around the corner cruise your way over there with your little your little eye, Lloyd, you see the spot. You chuck on your indicator, casually cruise down the lane, in the knowledge that it's yours, because you claimed it. You yes. put on your indicator, and like the rage that bubbles underneath every single one of your daily interactions subsides just enough for you to breathe again. Just enough. All of that is just pushed down, you see the spot, it's all good. And then some asshole 
swings around the corner into your lane, zooms into your spot and waves. They wave at you as if they saw it from a mile away. They didn't indicate. And the rage that you were just just put down because you found the spot. It skyrockets, Lloyd, and it gets you started. Does it get you started? It does get me started. Yes. Oh, God. I hate spot stealers. Oh, the worst. To the point that I would almost park my car just behind them and then go shopping and accept the <laughs> ticket. Genius. Oh. I feel thoroughly You're validated. You're trash if you do that. Oh, what are you talking to me? I can't believe you got me Again, started uh, three times. You're trash, Rob. Yeah, no, you're a piece of shit if you do, if you do that, if you're a spot stealer. Yeah, don't do it. Three from three, Bobo. Yeah, I feel I feel quite good about that. I've got to up my game. You really do. Uh, that's that's Don't Get Me Started, but it was Don't Get Lloyd Started, and we got him started, so I guess we ruined everything. I'm in a terrible mood. Good. Now, tell me everything you learned this week in the angriest <laughs> way possible. <laughs> uh <clears throat> <clears throat> I learned about New Zealand's laser flag. <laughs> I'm already there's excited. Not, there's, there, just like last week, it's not a lot of meat to this fact. Um, uh, Lucy Gray, in the 2015 flag referendum in New Zealand, um, saw what was being put forth, said she was uninspired, and put forth her own idea, which was the New Zealand flag with a Kiwi bird firing a laser beam. Firing a laser. Um, and she said of her design that the laser beam projects a powerful image of New Zealand. I believe my design is so powerful it does not need to be discussed. I mean, fair enough. And it's entitled Fire the Laser. Yeah, it was. it's it's amazing. It's real good. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to put it up on the socials. Yes. Maybe we'll have our own uh, flag referendum. Oh, a UCS flag or Australia? Don't know. <laughs> let's explore that later <laughs> uh so it, it it those of you who know your flags know that the new zealand flag is not a kiwi bird shooting a laser beam the super exciting thing about this referendum is they decided to keep the flag the same so that's <laughs> cool uh i did i did look at um i did look at the top four designs and i much preferred um one of the losing flags which was basically replacing the union jack uh with a giant silver fern i thought it, it was very stylish and i think the silver fern is such a great image of new zealand yeah interesting uh the people the people didn't agree with you though like you said they voted to keep the flag yeah you're obviously wrong lloyd uh, i'm not from new zealand so you've done better i didn't accents. get a say i think new zealand is pretty good okay as a place uh yeah so the the flag didn't didn't win didn't make it into the, the top at all it's but a banging it's, design though it sort of uh blew up online uh did, did the virals became a bit of a meme yeah um and today seven years later it's still seen being flown at like new zealand sporting events and yeah and you can and like holidays you can buy stuff with that design on it yeah very cool oh I wonder if Lucy Gray gets royalties for like it's her design. Do people just print it? She should be making. I tried. I tried to find that, uh, and I couldn't find any information on her or the history of the flag design or what she gets now. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, pretty tough. Because she, when she created the flag, she had run for city council 
she was a member of a political party. Oh, okay. And she lost and just left politics, so <laughs> stayed well, away from it. Well, laser flag's not getting in, then fuck it. I'm doing something different. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, and that that was that's what I had on the laser flag. Yeah. I, I wrote down the fact, and then my first point was, well, that's good. I reckon we can finish the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was great, though. Uh, excellent design. Yeah. Um, I I was... My initial thought was like, oh, we'll do a, a, a tangent of like the best and worst flags. And then I was like, it's stupid. It's a podcast. It's not a visual medium. I'm mm. not going to sit here and describe flags to you. But, <laughs> oh, I'm going to just delete all of my notes real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find one that I have to tell you about, which if you did it. similar research, you probably found it. Was the River Gee County in Liberia? No. It is so bad. This, this, oh, this, is, a genuine, this is a genuine flag. Yes. It looks like it was made on MS Paint. Oh, by how does a one child. spell it? River, River Gee G E E County, County flag Liberia. <laughs> That's not the real flag. It's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I assume it's the Liberian flag in the top left corner, and then an MS Paint version of a river and some trees. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very. Holy I'm, shit! I wouldn't even call it simple because simple can be stylish. It's shit. Yeah, it's it's real shit. Yeah, I love it. Oh god, there's a picture of it here waving as a flag. Ball. I just looked at the and same one. It doesn't one. look any better. Nope. In fact, it might look worse. <laughs> oh, amazing! Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's um, hilarious. I just have some some other random facts. Do you have? Uh, flag, flag things. Yeah, let me do a few things on the referendum. Yeah, go on. If 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 that's all right, it's allowed. I'll allow it. Thanks. So why did they have a referendum? Uh, I don't know. Okay, is let me it anti-British <laughs> sentiment? But, uh, yeah, look, pretty much. Apparently, it's been an on and off debate since like the seventies. Um, mm. People complain the flag is a too similar to the Australian flag which is fair enough. It looks very similar. Uh, And B, they're like, why do we still have the Union Jack in the top left corner? Because apparently, I actually didn't know this, New Zealand's been fully independent since 1947. I did not know that either. Yeah, so what's Australia doing? (laughs) They just don't give a fuck. Anyway. Uh, so Whatever, mate. Yeah, people, pretty much. People were upset that they still had the Union Jack on it, which, as I assume you'll know because of pirates and yeldy boats, it's actually the Union flag. It's only the Union Jack when it's on boats. I did not know that. That is interesting. What? Thank you. Yeah. Unbelievable, Lloyd. I'm sorry. Okay. I can't know all things. You call yourself a pirate. Uh, so, yeah, people were a little bit upset about that. So, finally, uh, someone had their cojones to do something about it. Uh, so, in 2015, PM John, PM, Prime Minister or Penis Manager, I don't know. <laughs> 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 he was finally brave enough to put it to, put it to the people. Uh, but apparently, everyone was so, like, just hated the whole referendum process. Like, they just did it, like... It almost seemed like he was more of a penis manager than a prime minister because he did it so badly. <laughs> How did you fuck it up so bad? Well, he did dumb shit like select a design panel that didn't have any designers on it. Mm. And some I read in one of my sources, oh, sources, one of the dodgy internet sites that I was using, it was like, this is like uh, asking your parents 
or consulting your parents on a tattoo design. <laughs> Which I thought was a great comparison. Yeah, good analogy. Thinking about my parents and your parents. Yeah. Uh, they didn't offer any kind of incentive or cash incentive uh, which would get you know real artists involved because real artists are paid yep. little enough as it is so they needed to do the job instead of wasting time on this if they'd been yep. a cash prize maybe they would have got some more serious entries uh, they didn't use a popular vote to select a shortlist it was just the panel that was not full of designers <laughs> uh, and they shortlisted designs from all males and two of those designs were basically the same thing in different colors from the same guy Wow. So in the end, everyone elected to not change the flag because the option presented was a bit shit and it was unlikely there would be any future referendums to fix it once they'd done this one. So they were like, yeah, look, if you're going to do it badly, we don't want you to do it at all. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. Well done, New Zealand people. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But as you could expect, there were a number of excellent meme entries. Did you see any of these? Other other shit? No, I didn't. Oh man. So good. Alongside Fire and Makiwi Laser, there were a number because it was like anyone in the public could su- could submit a design. Yeah. So I we're think talking like four thousand submissions or something. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. So we're talk we're talking along the lines of the old classic boaty McBoatface situation. Yeah. Uh so I will <laughs> I know you said you didn't want to describe flags to people, but I'm briefly gonna describe some flags for you. <laughs> You better, you better make it good. That's all I'm Real saying. Real good. So there was a classic meme flag. It was uh, Te Pepe, the, the frog meme thing. It was his, oh, yeah. his face, but he was his body was a kiwi, and the current flag was inside <laughs> his body, and it was captioned. It was, That feel when our eyes gaze upon the flightless and majestic rare kiwi bird is a classic icon, icon of New Zealand's deep relationships with our ancestors, their spirit, land, and culture. Which I think is <laughs> slightly offensive. <laughs> yeah, but also amusing. Uh, there was an excellent, similar to the River Gee flag of Liberia, there was a kid-style coloring in of a sheep on a hill, and it was simply captioned, animals, nature, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. There was a kiwi holding a flag, and the flag that the kiwi was holding was a kiwi holding a flag with a flag with the kiwi holding a flag. It was flagception. Oh, flagception. And it was captioned... <laughs> It represents kiwis, stars, and flags. <laughs> Fair enough. Good caption, I guess. Uh, and probably one of my favorite one was sheep and hokey pokey, <laughs> which was a badly drawn sheep on a blue background on one half, and then a badly drawn... Apparently, hokey pokey is a kind of ice cream. Is a badly drawn like ice cream in a cone on a red background on the other side. And it said, this well, design... that's not New Zealand. I don't know what is. Honestly, this design represents all of New Zealand because we have lots of sheep and we love hokey pokey ice cream. I even included the blue and the red to keep all of you naysayers happy. Kiwi as, bro. <laughs> Speaking to the people. Yeah. Know, mass appeal. Um, so, and then there was just a bunch of other like real trash paint designs. Those are the, those are the flags I looked up. What are your follow-on tidbits? Um... I got I got some stuff on I got one thing on flags, one thing on kiwis, a couple of laser things, and a thing on New Zealand. So I just kind of went around the around the flag. All right, give me everything except your laser thing, and then I'll give you my right. laser thing, and we'll see whose laser is biggest. I mean, best. <laughs> the superior laser. <laughs> uh, what 
do you think the earliest adopted national flag is that's still in use today? Oh, long time ago. Earliest flag. Yeah, give me the, the country and then how, when you think it was adopted. Nope, I'm going to give you the date and it's going to be... That's what that when you thought it was adopted, the date. Yeah, I'm going to give you that first before the country. Oh. Uh, 200 AD and the country is England. You're very far away on the date, but very close on the country. Oh, France. It was 11, 1190. 1190? Yeah. No. And it was Scotland. Oh, I almost nailed that. I looked up some, some Kiwi facts. It's not that interesting of a bird. <laughs> it's just like a small, slightly cuter, less extinct dodo, right? Yeah, they got really big eggs. They have the biggest eggs to body ratio. Do they? That's quite interesting. 20 it's 20 percent so they they shit out an egg that's 20 percent of their weight yeah that's pretty insane wow um is it because it's real dense or is it large i i just have the sentence (laughs) perfect uh they also have the smallest beaks in the world no oh Uh yes because the beak is technically measured from the nostril yeah. And the nostril on a kiwi is right at, at the very end. end. Yeah. So yeah. that's stupid. They should I... change that measurement. <laughs> what a bunch of idiots, stupid scientists. Uh, and my last thing before lasers. Uh, in New Zealand, uh, according to law, high schools are allowed to store up to 500 grams of uranium and thorium for nuclear experiments. 500 grams? Yes. But since New Zealand is completely nuclear-free, it is almost impossible to get any and... Apparently, no schools have it, but they're allowed, but they're allowed to. They're allowed to store it, so you yeah. could. Oh, so I questions. feel like that's a lot, but it's also it's a type of uranium. Um, Scientific I, uranium, not nuclear. There's there's weapon. a type that's used for fission, and then there's a type that's used to like just do studies on. And I forget the names and stuff, but it's not a danger. It's I mean, it's still dangerous, but it's not as dangerous. But still, you shouldn't have 500 grams of uranium in high school. Like, prob- prob- probably not, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, let's, uh, let's compare lasers. <laughs> All right, you get your laser out first, and then I'll get mine out. I, my, my laser fact is about a laser in Romania. Oh, good. They're different facts. It's the most powerful laser in the world. Ooh, Okay. I'm not sure I believe Is yours you. also about the most powerful laser in the world that's not from Romania? Interestingly, it is not the most powerful, but it's the biggest. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, mine's the biggest, but yours is better. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I'll, I'll take that trade. Uh, so, this is measured in, in watts. What? So, the, Rom- <laughs> the Romanian laser, <laughs> god damn you, produces 10 petawatts. That's a lot. Yes, it's 10 quadrillion watts. It's a whole lot of what? 10 quadrillion, which is apparently 10% of the power of the sun as it hits Earth. Not of, like, the sun itself, but of the watts that make it to Earth. It's 10% of that. Really? Which is a lot. And to put that in perspective, the U.S. Navy has a laser that is used to disable drones and attack enemy ships, Mm -hmm. and it's 60,000 watts, and this is 10 quadrillion yeah. It's, un- it's an unfathomable number. It is enormous. What do they do with it in Romania? Ah, uh, so, it's for vampire killing. 
<laughs> it does vaporize matter, so it would be good against vampires. Wow. Um, so they it fires for like an infinitesimally small amount of time on a really small area. That's why it's so powerful. Um, and they can use it to study nuclear energy. And also, it's so powerful they can use it to simulate the Big Bang. Wow. And see what, what it would have been like. That's quite exciting. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, hit me with your gigantic useless laser. <laughs> just flopping around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah floppy laser, just <laughs> shooting beams around it willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. Perfect. Uh, so I looked up the world's biggest laser, and it reckons it's located in California at something that is excellently named the National Ignition Facility. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, so it sounds like it's used for the same kind of thing, studying nuclear stuff. So it'd be interesting to see which one is, in fact, bigger slash better. But that sounds like something for another time. Uh, so this one is made up of 192 separate laser beams that then all focus for a very small amount of time, similar to the Romanian one, on a very small one centimeter target. And they fire one pulse, and that produces enough energy to create or recreate the extreme conditions that are required for nuclear fusion, which is the self-sustaining energy reaction that is found inside of stars, Lloyd. That is so cool. Temperatures of 100 million degrees Celsius, which is, I imagine is like infinity degrees Fahrenheit for the American listeners. I, num- numbers like that, when someone says 100 million degrees, I can't even... You can't. I can't even fathom f- what that even means. I can't fathom more than maybe 50 Celsius. <laughs> so I was thinking this massive laser, maybe we could steal it and, I don't know, weaponize it, sell it on the black market. <laughs> what do you reckon? You up for, you up uh, for a bit of a heist, Lloyd? <laughs> I'm up for a laser heist. Laser heist. It would, it would end badly. We'd end up frying ourselves. I'm impressed that you think we can get as far as using the laser. Oh, we'd fry ourselves think we'd trying get, to steal I think, it. I don't think we'd get over the fence <laughs> You're probably to right. get into the compound. <laughs> what do you mean? We're, we're smart guys. <laughs> we're a pretty smart guy. Pretty cool guy. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm up to try, um, but I'd have to get my will in order. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that all sorted. Next time in, I'm in the States, we'll do it. Yeah. All right, cool. Or Romania. Either or. I feel like I'm, it's more likely I'll be in the States before I'm in Romania. Oh, Lordy. Sounds like we're out of facts, Lloyd. Out of facts and out of steam. It seems like a good wrap-up spot. Yep. If you want a mega laser, fuck off and get it yourself. Because <laughs> we're not going to get it. <laughs> we are not going to help you. It's the Unintelligent Chat Show, not the Unintelligent Laser Stealing Show. Happy with that? Yeah, did that not land? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I apologized. All right, uh, <laughs> shut up. We're on wrap it up. We're, <laughs> we're on social media. Email us at the UCS podcast at gmail dot com with complaints, comments, pictures, ideas. We love to hear from you. That sounds like the end of episode six. <laughs> <laughs> Cheerio, everyone. We will see you next time.